Hello, it is your host for the Daily Come On Now MMA Podcast, Trent Reinsmith, and it is Monday, June 8th, and it is time for another edition of the Come On Now MMA Podcast. First subject today is the um, MMA Junkies reporting that the Nevada Athletic Commission approved the next three events for um, Las Vegas, which was not unexpected, but I am a little disappointed that it it was a unanimous vote. Um, There were a lot of questions that emerged uh, during these events at the Apex, the last two, Related to the way the UFC handled the COVID-19 protocols, its own, as well as the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission's. The most concerning of these misses was the way the um, false positive was handled with Ian Heinrich's corner. Um, After the news emerged that the his cornerman did have a false positive. There was talk that fighters were concerned because they had run into him um, inside the hotel um, before the results came back. Um, is is what it sounded like, and that's a that's a pretty big violation of the COVID nineteen protocols the way they're written. Um, everyone is supposed to self-quarantine until the results come back um, by the sounds of thing that did not happen and there was a lot of nervousness Heinrich um, said that while they were trying to figure everything out there was an, the actual potential that the entire card could have been scratched and then we find out uh, it's a false positive but again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this drum until we get an answer, and and just um, keep beating it, because we have no idea of how the UFC has determined the false positive. And now this is the third time that we've heard this, and we don't know if there's been other false positives that we haven't heard. So we really need to find this out how everything's determined someone from the UFC has to answer that question well first of all they have to be asked that question because that hasn't happened and that's another that's a failing of the the media why wouldn't you ask Dana White how did you guys determine a false positive Uh, we're we're seeing so many cases of COVID-19 over 100,000 deaths and you have a false positive, wouldn't you want to know how that was determined? I would. I do. But yet, the question has not been asked. And so there's another opportunity coming up here on Saturday at the UFC Apex to ask that question. It has to be asked. And it has to be answered. Um, so I will ask the UFC again. They won't respond to me, um, almost guarantee that. I'll ask the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Hopefully they will respond to me. But I'm going to do my best to get an answer, and hopefully someone that attends these events will also do the same. 
So that was a big concern of mine that not only was the false positive there, but there was interaction between the cornermen and other fighters on the card, which shouldn't have happened. Clear violation of the protocol. But yet, Nevada uh, just greenlit the next three cards. So I'm going to... I'm going to reach out to the commission on this and uh, have a couple other questions for them and hopefully I will get some kind of answer. Um, but I, I really I really don't understand the um, why why no one will be transparent about this. It's it's bothersome and it really needs to be answered. The the question really needs to be answered. Another thing I've noticed here um, with these fight cards that have happened since uh, the Florida cards and now these Apex cards, we're having a lot of fighters with quick turnarounds and that's making me wonder if the UFC is having a hard time booking these events because of lack of available fighters, whether they're nervous about COVID-19 or they're, uh, they don't want to participate in a, a fight card without a full training camp because the investment might not be worth the potential of only getting half your pay in a, in a losing effort. Um, there's the concern of the, the COVID-19 protocols not being handled properly and maybe maybe fighters getting sick at the event so yeah there's a lot of turnarounds here quick turnarounds and while that is good for the fighters who are fighting because they can get a couple quick paydays um, if they get wins they can move up the pay structure a little faster than maybe they would have expected um, on the downside if you lose a two or three of these you might be cut and then you might think yeah hey, well maybe i shouldn't have took those fights on short notice without a full training camp um, without a gym during a pandemic but um with how little the ufc pays i am not surprised that these um fighters who are getting the chance to have a quick turnaround are taking advantage of that chance uh, so good for them Hopefully it works out in a positive way and, and they don't suffer some negative consequences such as uh, losing a bunch of fights and then getting released during, well, while the pandemic's still going, you don't want to be released at this time. That would be terrible um, because then not only do you not have a, 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 not only do you not have a job with the UFC, you're going to have a real hard time catching on anywhere. So, yeah, hopefully that works out. I still think the fighters who are competing should get a a little more in their paycheck. Uh, call it hazard pay, whatever you want to call it. But fighting during a, pandem during a pandemic when um, the UFC might not be fully enforcing its COVID-19 protocols, yeah, I think you should get a little more for that. And speaking of pay... Sean O'Malley has said that he's going to try and redo his deal here. Um, 
and after looking at what he's made the last few fights, I don't say, I don't really blame him. So, lucky for us, O'Malley has fought in Las Vegas for each of his UFC fights so we can see what he's made. Um, with the exception of the Tuesday Night Contender Series, which isn't, which is not really a, a UFC fight. It's so starting with his fight in December 2017, he made 10 and 10, which is low because other some other fighters are starting off at 12 and 12. So he already started off on a, a, a little less than some other fighters who make their debuts and get 12 and 12. And then he moves on March 2018. Um, he got a 22 and 22. And then, of course, he had the two years off while that whole USADA thing sorted itself out. Came back in March 2020 at UFC 248. And his deal there was 35 and 35. And then on Saturday, his knockout of Eddie Wineland. His deal um, was 40 and 40. So uh, a little, a real tiny bump there between 248 and 250. 5,000 on, uh, on his base pay, which seemed to be a little shockingly low for me. Um, but, and he also has three fight night bonuses in his last three fights. So I know those people are going to point to those as some kind of uh, benefit but you uh, you can't really count on uh, getting your 50 getting a fifty thousand dollar bonus in every fight so those shouldn't even be considered part of his pay and most sensible people will not consider that part of his pay uh, but yeah he's uh, for the way he's getting pushed um, at, and the way the UFC is kind of uh, grooming him to be a star. He's fought on the three pay-per-view events he's competed on. He's fought on the pay-per-view card on each of those, I believe. Let me just double check there. Oh, he fought in the ESPN, at the top of the ESPN card at UFC 248, which is uh, probably a better spot for him since he doesn't get a share of the pay-per-view. So he's, he's on the ESPN prelim at the top there so he gets a lot more eyeballs on him there than he would uh, than he will at a on a pay-per-view event and yeah he um he definitely deserves more money um, so I don't I don't know why he is not being paid um what he is worth to the UFC um, so it's puzzling but hopefully he can work that out the UFC and the UFC doesn't just nickel and dime him for, um, and and you know give him another five thousand dollar raise. That's that's not going to cut it. Well, at least it shouldn't cut it. So, um, good. Uh, I hope he has a lot of luck renegotiating this deal. I have my doubts because the UFC has be is has always been stingy. And they're being a little more stingy now and, and blaming it on the lost um, 
gates, which are minimal. Unrelated to pay, but related to UFC 250, is the fact that uh, Felicia Spencer picked up a six-month, a potential six-month medical suspension uh, in her loss to Amanda Nunes. And that suspension is depending on her an examination of a possible broken orbital and a possible broken nose. So I don't know when those injuries, potential injuries occurred. Hopefully for the sake of her corner, um, that happened in one of the first three rounds because after the third round, there were plenty of calls that uh, the, the corner should have thrown in the towel because there was no clear path to victory for Spencer other than maybe Nunez just asking for the cage door to be unlocked and walking back to the locker room. There was no path to victory for Spencer, so the fight should have been stopped by her corner at the end of the third, definitely at the end of the fourth. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I hope those injuries, just for the sake of her corner, I know it sounds a little weird to say I hope the injuries occurred in the first three rounds, you know, you never want to see somebody injured like that, especially a broken orbital bone. Um, but yeah, hopefully the injuries weren't a result of the corner making her, not making her, but um, not stopping the fight. So if, if they could have avoided those injuries, um, that's not a good look on, on their part because... Yeah, there was really nothing going on there that would anyone would believe that Spencer was going to come back and win that fight. She's tough as all get out, and that's obvious. But that's also something that can work against you, and and it definitely works against her on in her fight against Amanda Nunes because that fight should have been stopped. So hopefully she heals up quickly um, doesn't, and the injuries don't affect her in any long-term way, uh, both physically or, or mentally. But yeah, um, that was a concerning thing to see when I looked at the, at the um, medical suspensions for UFC 250. So again, hopefully she's okay. Who among us was surprised to see that Henry Cejudo is already talking about coming out of retirement if he can get a fight with Alexander Volkanovsky? Um, it's MMA, so if you're surprised, you might not. You might be new around here. You might um, not pay attention to how little, uh, how often. Retirements don't stick, but this is a real quick turnaround from going to from retire to thinking about coming back. So I am not going to be surprised in the least if Henry Cejudo's retirement does not stick. Um, if he's already talking about coming back for one fight, what's going to stop him from coming back for a different fight? Not much. 
time will uh, time will tell. But if you're already thinking about it, you know you're gonna go. You know it's a it's an easy step to go from I'll take a fight, I'll come out of retirement to fight this guy, um, and then the next step is I'll come out of retirement to fight any of these three or four guys, and then next thing you know you're not retired anymore. Uh, so I would not be surprised in the least to see Henry Cejudo's retirement last uh, uh, to be to to uh, come to an end before Conor McGregor fights again. Would not shock me in the least. Um, also considering that his manager is Ali Abdulaziz, who uh, is notoriously let's say, friendly with the promotions he works with. So, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if Cejudo's retirement doesn't stick. Speaking of managers, um, seeing a lot of comments floating around on Twitter and, and whatnot about uh, that managers might be the key to organize, organizing uh, fighters. And I think that's a good idea. I think um, a manager or a group of managers who have big stables of fighters could convince their fighters that it would be in their best interest to organize. organize. It's it's like a taxi driver on my brain or something. Um, To organize the uh, Fighters Association. So the downside of that is the managers in MMA don't seem to want to do that. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised because if a manager can keep getting fights for his fighters, then that manager will keep getting paid because they take a percentage of their fighters' pay every time the fighter fights. Um, so a manager who is who has an easier-going relationship with the UFC will probably not want to do this and I'm not going to name names but I think you uh, I think you can un- you can see who I'm talking about but um yeah I don't I don't like the 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 easy to work with tag for a manager manager shouldn't be easy to work with for the promotion um unless that manager is someone who is interested in just getting their fighters fights and not worrying about how much those fighters are paid, and then just keeping uh, 10 to 20% of whatever that contract is, and if they can just keep fighters competing, then they can keep making money. So, ideally, yes, the managers would convince their stable of fighters that it is in their best interest to organize and form an association and present the benefits of that to them. And a united front on that, uh, on that, especially if you get the big, big, big managers who have the, the biggest stables of fighters, the UFC will not be able to book fight cards and fill them up with just um, the managers who have only one or two clients or fighters who represent themselves who, who aren't going to stick with the uh, the bigger group that who is looking to form the association. So I would love to see some some managers try and organize this. Um, the Kawa brothers might be might be in the position to do so since they're two of their biggest clients right now. 
Masvidal and Jones are in a pitched battle with the UFC about pay. But yeah, it's um something to watch. We're 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 closing in on a on something. Something's gonna break. Um so it's it's we're seeing a lot more people talk about pay and contracts in a public forum than we have ever seen before in the UFC. So if somebody can step up and convince everyone that it's in their best interest to form an association and really work to elevate fighter pay, fighter benefits, that would be a, a big step forward. Not counting on it. Sooner or later, it's got to happen. Hopefully sooner. Speaking of pay, um, Daniel Cormier and Ariel Hawani had a conversation about uh, negotiating in public. And I want to play this clip from the, the show they did today. And then I will comment on that. I think it also, honestly, man, like it, it'll come to a point where, you know, all these fighters, like the fighters all, you all kind of, you are entitled to, these guys are all entitled to how they're feeling right now. There is no reason that they should not voice their displeasure. But ultimately, as a guy, I'm trying, and I'm just explaining this, as a guy that's a friend to the fighter, that in all business, and this is all business, doing things publicly always makes it so much more tense. It's just so much more tense. It's easier to do these things directly. I know the public won't like hearing that because everybody likes the story. But the reality is it's so much easier to do things uh, in a more direct approach because here's the deal. You can have a million fans, on all these fans on your side rooting you on and all the reporters rooting you on saying this is the way to do it. But ultimately, if it doesn't cause for wholesale change, the only person that's going to lose out is the fighter. Mm. And that's just the truth. Because as you said, man, all these people have taken this approach. They've been paid. They've gotten quiet. And the UFC just continues to grow and grow and grow. And it's just a dangerous, it's just a dangerous battle to go about publicly. And I just think that it's always, it always feels good when people are rooting you on and patting you on the back and saying, good job. But ultimately, the people that suffer, if it doesn't work out in their favor, is the fighter. And those same people that are telling you to go and fight this organization that's allowed you to make all this money and become who you are, those people don't give you money in, in, when things are starting to go sideways. You still got to look at yourself and go, how do I get back to where I want to be? And that's to go back to where you were. You're going to have to go back because, hey, man, if they start icing themselves out, you see it with big companies all the time, right? When these people go through these lawsuits, they just extend you and extend you and extend you. And then when you dry up, that company continues to roll. And it's like, man, I just think that direct is the best way for these guys to handle it. Especially, hey, especially John Jones. Because he's got all kinds of power, right? I mean, it's shown in all the indiscretions how he's been saved on so many occasions. He has a ton of power. He well, can go he has the, a ton of power until he loses, right? Yeah, but then, but he doesn't lose Ariel. 
That's well, big. I mean, but you is it possible, by the way, is it possible that he's speaking out now because he saw what happened against Dominic Reyes and mm. he's like, okay, now's mm. the time to push my chips into the middle of the table. That's possible maybe, too. Maybe. It's not as... But do you understand what I'm saying? Though? Yes, I, I get it. I'm, saying? Like, I'm just saying like as a guy that I'm, I'm just saying guys like I get it. I get it. But like Connor's thing, easy to fix. So publicly, whatever. But all these like contractual issues i think these guys should be doing that directly and if they don't want to deal with dana talk to hunter hunter's very like reasonable in a lot of situations you know dana's like one of us he gets you know if he gets mad he gets mad but the other guy hunter's not like that hunter campbell you're talking campbell, about yes. who i described as sort of like the gm the general counsel yes. of the ufc who does a lot of these deals i mean dana said it on saturday i don't know why he never actually references hunter he always says like my guy or my lawyer or this and that mm -hmm. he's a very important player in the in the organization he said, I'm not the one negotiating these deals. It's other people. And that's probably for the best because, as you said, he is so emotional. Yeah, but he, gets I, he does say in the post-fight press conference, like, hey, these guys could do whatever they want. Like, if they don't want to fight, they don't want to fight. And I think some people look at that because I've asked this, like, all right, so then why don't they just go fight somewhere else? Well, they can't. it's not that easy. You're on the right? contract. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the, the idea that these fighters should not be doing this in public – I understand that. I understand why Cormier feels that way. Uh, because everyone's been around the UFC long enough knows uh, they don't like to air their, they don't like to have their dirty laundry aired. I mean, Dana White can do that whenever he feels like, and he doesn't seem to, to consider that uh, wrong or or out of bounds. But when a fighter does it, that's a different story. So everyone knows that the UFC can be vindictive and hold these things against fighters. And the fighters know that. But the, the I think the reason that everyone's speaking up is and and putting this out in the uh, the media and letting every everyone know how things are going is is frustration. They saw that the UFC sold for 4 billion dollars. They see that they are getting uh, less than 20% of the revenue split while other sports are getting closer to 50%. They see that they are uh, underpaid and they know that they're underpaid and they know the UFC is going to do whatever it can to, to, to keep them underpaid and to keep the revenue split where it's at so it can serve its ownership group they know all this and they're frustrated and so they can't get any progress they can't get a new deal and so they 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 take it to the media they take it to twitter they they try and use espn to their advantage they try and get any they try and use any any advantage they can have to get the UFC to step to the table and give them a little more. And they're not having success right now. But a lot of big a lot of big names are, are speaking up. And that could change things. Uh, another thing that I don't like in here is when Cormier says that Jones has been saved so many times. While that's not well, that is true. He has been because in other sports he might uh, he might not have 
had as much uh, leeway as the UFC is giving him. But the UFC is giving him that leeway and quote-unquote saving him because of the amount of money he makes for the promotion. They're not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. They're doing this. They're not punishing uh, Jones because they know when John Jones fights, they get more money than any other fighter more but Conor McGregor. And Jones fights more than McGregor, and so maybe in the aggregate, Jones is making more money for the UFC than McGregor. Say John Jones fights four times a year, and McGregor fights once. That's that might that might actually work out to the that Jones is uh, pulling in more money, depending on uh, what the uh, the the gate prices for tickets are or were were when there was gates. But yeah, so don't don't act like the UFC is doing John Jones favors for the sake of John Jones. The UFC is doing favors for John Jones for the sake of the UFC. Um, the same reason that it is doing everything it can to keep fighter paid down. So, this is a very... I'm very interested in this, and I think it's uh, uh, something that really is going to breach a boiling point sooner or later. Uh, especially if, if these big-name fighters continue to stand their ground and continue to sit out it's uh it's something that i like i i don't like that they're not getting paid i don't like that they have to fight so hard to get scraps but i like that they're standing up and i really hope that these fighters don't fold and just come back for um a handful of cash and added fights to their contracts. So it's it's an interesting time in the UFC. It's an interesting time. And it, it has the potential to get a lot more interesting. And with that, I will close out for today. And until tomorrow, stay safe.